I'm Troy Washington from KTBS3, and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools and our community. We will have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. Dr. Roseman, education is very important to you. It has been all your life, but more specifically the last 25 years. So tell me about that emphasis on education for you. Well, I just believe that education is, is the opportunity producer for people. I still believe in the American dream. I think I'm part of it as education uplifts you. Uh, and uh, I'm so happy that, that we're talking about these issues in our community. I think they're key issues uh, that we need to talk about in advancing our community to be all they can be. Uh, and so it's all about the economy, the quality of life, and opportunity for kids. But we're going to have a, a really good discussion uh, today about some of the uh, things that are going on really positive in our community, positive stories, and also some of the challenges that the school system's having as it relates to uh, getting the workforce to do the work for our children. So we're really happy to have uh, two with us. We have uh, first Ms. Latoria Stewart, uh, new yeah. principal yes. uh, at uh, Broadmoor STEM Academy. Uh, I think you were assistant principal at Woodlawn. Yes, I was. I noticed you're a TAP master teacher, so that says something about your abilities in the classroom a lot. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. I'm sure you're uh, giving that to your stu your uh, teachers and teaching them. So this is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much. And we also have someone who's been in the uh, system for a long time and done great work at all levels. I've known you for. 30 years probably, uh, and uh, know that you've been executive director of elementary school, of middle school, of high school, uh, and now function in a, in a role with human resources as the chief human resource officer. I know there's a lot of difficulties in that area. Uh, today, it, there is everywhere, uh, not just in education, but I know it's very a tough time for you. But uh, just as a aside, I just wanted to ask you, uh, and those roles as being director over all of the elementary schools or all of the middle schools or all of the high schools, which one would you want to do again and which one <laughs> would you want to give to someone else? At this season in my career, I'm going to leave it to uh, the passionate younger generation <laughs> like Ms. Latoria Stewart. Uh, and I just want to compliment her in beginning this because she's been at the high school level. And at Broadmoor Pre-K-8, she's getting her middle school students ready and she knows what's expected at high school level. So if we look back on my career as an elementary principal, elementary uh, K-8 eight, uh, assistant principal, the most challenging, I would say, would be middle school. I could have guessed that. And uh, <laughs> the reason being is because one day they want to go back to elementary school and run and jump and play, and the next minute they want to be uh, high school students, adults. Yeah. And so uh, that's the most challenging. And when they get to be middle school, they say they don't want parents involved in the school, but really that's when the parents are needed the most mm. because they uh, are at an age and a uh, 
period in their lives where they're making decisions are going to affect their high school years as well. So that would be the most challenging, but also it was the most rewarding because a lot it takes a special person to work with middle school students. So I admire Miss Latoria Stewart for ste stepping up, even though her background was high school. She wanted to be at a middle school uh, with the, with uh, some uh, challenges being a pre-K through eighth grade school two in one and so if I had to go back that's where I would because a lot of people don't understand or take the time and they say oh they're all over the place but they're energetic they're exciting they want to learn and they want to do well but they just have some challenges going through the adolescent period in their lives. You know some of um, I've, I've always thought about it, what's the best way to divide up the different schools and the age groups of the different schools and uh, there's some unique things about being a K-8 school uh, uh, and uh, uh, to look at as a positive thing. What, what do you, what, what's positive about having that K-8 total experience that way? Well, if we get our babies at that preschool level, we're able to watch them every single year and we're able to grow them and get them ready for that eighth grade where, we're, where they have the opportunity to earn high school credit in algebra and JAG and IBCA. And we get to watch them grow social, so, socially, emotionally, as well as prepare them for that. So our goal is that our pre-K babies will stay all the way through eighth grade. Yeah, that's, that is a great advantage. And uh, also they have the younger children there rather than the older children there. Mm -hmm. And they become kind of the leaders of the school, even in middle school. So yes, I think all do. of that's really a neat thing. But let, let me ask you about your STEM Academy. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. yes. Talk a little bit about these unique learning opportunities related to STEM um, and what the STEM Academy concept means to Broadmoor. Where cyber.org is one of our partners and so our eighth graders have the opportunity to take a STEM class so they have that opportunity to dive into those STEM skills, that critical thinking, uh, helping prepare students for some of those STEM job opportunities in the future. So our STEM teachers use some of the curriculum from STEM.org to help push our scholars in that direction. We also have a discoveries teacher on the elementary side who pulls in our babies, tests them, and we use some of those elementary curriculums from, from cyber.org to push them as well. Wow. So one of the things that I got out of uh, your CV and, uh, and talking with you ahead of time um, is the concept of a welcoming culture. So you talked about that. Uh, talk a little bit with uh, folks about welcoming culture, what it means, and why you think it's important uh, in a school. Well, because of COVID, Parents have not had the opportunity to come into the schools and have the opportunity to do Grandparents Day like we used to do or have a literacy night. So now that things are moving back to a regular, regular type of environment, we're able to welcome our parents back into the school. We're able to welcome our stakeholders. So once a month, we have an activity where um, our students, we can um, help increase their culture and their school pride. We have something for the parents and we also do something for our staff. So we build their morale. This past week, the first night of the NFL, we had a, um, we had a teacher tailgate. So that helps with staff, with morale, that helps build that climate and culture and they absolutely loved it. Everybody had the opportunity to wear their jerseys to school. With our students next week, we're going to have a blueberry popsicle. I believe it's like blueberry, National Blueberry Popsicle Month. So they'll have the opportunity after recess to go and hang out and have a little extra time with their blueberry popsicles. 
And for our parents this month, as well as grandparents, we're going to have Grandparents Day and a Literacy Night. So once a month, we discuss at admin meeting how are we feeding the culture, how are we feeding the climate, because it's important to have those pulse checks, because you want to make sure your staff is good so we can make sure that students are good. Talk about that a little bit more mm -hmm. and this area of uh, the staff. Okay? okay. And I think we can say, without being contradicted, that the importance of having the teachers okay, in the classroom, the good teachers in the classroom, and preventing the burnout and dealing with the social and emotional issues yes. of the teachers has become a significant thing. How, how do you see doing that? What are we doing to, to, to deal with the mental health difficulties, the social and emotional difficulties, the, just the COVID malay uh, yes. that's occurred and has really affected our teachers? So I know we see on social media a lot where people talk about self-care, but we try to make that as important as possible. So I talk to teachers about the importance of take a sanity day if you need it. I refer to it as a sanity day. Do not be scared to take an off day every now and again. It is absolutely okay. You're giving those days. Make sure you're taking care of yourself because you want to be your best self so that you can be your best self for students. So. We have those uh, culture checks. We have a climate and culture committee at the school. And so it's their job. They'll pull my coattail if something's not feeling right or something. You know, Miss Stewart, this team might need a little extra love this week or this team might need a little extra assistance because we have over 100 staff and I can't do it by myself. Uh, we even show love to our bus drivers. Very first week of school, you know, we wanted to give them gifts to let them know they're appreciated. So it's important to appreciate your staff as well as the cattle personnel who helps your school function on a day-to-day -day basis. So we are one big happy family and we try to make sure we take care of everybody. I think what you're kind of hitting on is something we've talked about before, and that's the whole child, like looking at the Absolutely. whole student. Um, whether their physical, their emotional needs, and just developing that bond. So if you're going K through eight, that means you've had a significant amount of time to kind of really get to know each student. And mm -hmm. each family, mm -hmm. building those relationships, because that's the advantage of a K-8 school, pre-K-8. You get to know those families and you grow with them. You know, I can still remember in my days, this is a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, the, the man that did the maintenance on the school, the, the guy that was there doing the maintenance on the school was one of the most important people in that school because he had this welcoming ability and this, here, let me be your friend uh, ability with the students, especially middle school. And uh, I know it's not just the teachers, it's not just the principal, it's not just the assistant principal, it's everybody. Yes. And staff in that school. Yes. What, are, uh, what do you see as the challenge? We talked a little bit about the teaching obviously to you and you and I'd love for you to talk more about that because it is a major issue but as well as the teaching issue what are some of the other challenges too uh, that you're facing uh, here in at, at Broadmoor? Well we talked about middle schoolers a little bit and how one day they want to be on the elementary side and the next day you know they think they're ready for high school so when it comes to the middle schoolers having or helping them find their intrinsic motivation um, for a few of our babies, for wanting them to learn and understanding the importance of education. So we have to offer those PBIS opportunities and review our expectations to try and help push them to the next level. So of course we have a bulldog store where they can go and purchase items every week. So we try to give them that motivation, give them something to look forward to at the end of the nine weeks. Uh, at this end of the nine weeks, this first nine weeks, I'll be purchasing a gaming store or a gaming truck 
one of those um it's a little movable bus or van so our students who are behaving correctly and have good grades they'll have the opportunity to spend some time on their truck and just enjoy so we try to give our students opportunities at school that's going to make them want to come to school and want to make them learn so we're working on pushing those middle schoolers with that intrinsic motivation trying to help get them going and get them there you definitely got to give them something they're into and I, i've seen those little trucks that you're talking about yes they have it all built in you know yes. all <laughs> And I wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> and some of our schools, like Turner K-8, it's a K-8 school as well, they have a gaming room. So the students are able to go there, and when they earn points and earn tickets, to be able to go to those gaming rooms. So a lot of the schools do the mobile, or they'll have something in that. you got to meet the students where they are, right? That's it. That's <laughs> it. And motivate well, them. Well, you know, a huge issue during during all of COVID, of course, was absenteeism. And, and some of that was driven by the rules, you know, by quarantines and all that sort of thing. Where are schools now? Where are the school system in the COVID world? We are doing better now. Uh, our attendance uh, for last year went up about 3% of teachers being there every day for the students. Uh, we have increased our pay for our substitute teachers because our challenge last year was we couldn't uh, find enough uh, subs that were qualified to subs when teachers were out for taking those days. But uh, we have increased our substitute pay and our substitute pool to help with that. But it's still a challenge. Uh, we do have a day, we have a fall break, spring break. So our calendar has been designed to try to help at least one day a month teachers have days off so they can rejuvenate. But um, this is something that um, we're working on at each individual school as well as the district because mental health is, is an issue uh, post-COVID. And uh, we do have an employee assistance uh, office off-site from the district where employees can go free of charge and get any type of help if they're going through anything, uh, any issues that they're, the challenges that they're going through. So we have that, and also he, he uh, would go to the schools, uh, we have an, the uh, EAP officer, and uh, also he would do phone calls, phone chats. If someone was in a classroom saying, I'm about to lose it, then they would call him and he could, they could get someone to watch the class to go talk to him for about 30, 45 minutes, and if they need additional help, he's available for that. What about student absenteeism? What about you know, we, we went through this period where, you know, the absenteeism rate was way over 50%, I think. You know, where are we now? Uh, are we doing better? We are doing better, and as a matter of fact, um, Mr. Nathaniel Adams is our uh, director, our supervisor over attendance and child welfare, and they actually have facilitators that go into the homes and they call and make home visits to find the students and say, hey, we need them in school because we know if they're not there, we can't teach them. So we're doing a lot uh, with the attendance department and the task uh, and different truancy uh, agencies helping us with that, so. Are we doing quarantines anymore? Is, uh, are we? We're not. We're not doing that uh, okay. like that. We're we're allowing, allowing students to come back when they're not when they're symptom free. Right. So we're not doing it like we were before. It sounds like even when you have people going out and making sure that the students are okay and hey, just asking certain questions, they probably have an opportunity to connect with the parents in doing so as well. And sometimes it is maybe a. Um, a challenge that the parent could be facing that's keeping the child from being in the classroom. Exactly, mm -hmm. and the number one challenge uh, that we have when we go out and they're not in school, sometimes they don't have school uniforms. And they say, well, I'm waiting on a check to get school supplies, school uniforms. Well, we have a homeless department, and a lot of the schools have a uniform closet 
you know, room where they can go get uh, gently used uniforms to wear. But then uh, Miss Petrie uh, Walker will get them assistance if that is the issue, if they don't have clothes, if they don't have supplies, and that's why they're keeping them out of the school. And we try to get them back as soon as we can. Uh, let me just switch guns a little bit, but along the same line of teaching. You're a TAP master teacher. Um, and I know, you know, that means that you, uh, you know, you're a great teacher. Uh, basically, that's part of how getting into that program is. So tell me uh, about what you're looking for when you're looking for a great teacher. What, what, is, what makes a great teacher? Well, this year, uh, sitting in the principal seat, uh, I did interviews a little differently than I did in the past. This year, when I came to Broadmoor, I had probably, I hired over 20 people. I never forget, I was announced on a Wednesday, and they were like, oh, well, Stuart, you know, take a few days and relax, because you're, you're going to have to look at staffing. And I was like, okay, no problem. And I never forget when I looked at that sheet, and I said, okay, all right. So we had to move forward, and within a month, I uh, definitely hired over 20 people. Um, and one of the statements that I said in the interviews was that at Broadmoor this year, we were looking for change makers. We were looking for people who loved kids. So, of course, we go through the question where, you know, what does a classroom look like? What, do, what does it entail? How do you know your students are learning? But one of the most important questions that I, I wanted to know, how do you feel about kids? I need to know that you love kids, starting there. So that was one of the questions that I held with the highest priority because if you love children, you'll do what you need to take in order for your students to be successful. And they, students know if you love them because that goes back to building relationships, mm -hmm. like Ms. Yes. Wolfolk said. So. They can tell. You, you can yes. really pull them on that front. Correct. Mm -hmm. So building relationships is so important. So I had to know coming in the door that you, you're going to love our children. You're going to treat them like you would their own. And we can build around. I can, we can teach you how to instruct a, a class. We can teach you classroom management. But I, I can't teach you how to love on my babies. It has to be something mm -hmm. that's intrinsic. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm glad part that's of, important. It know, is the quality that, yes. of the educator, compassion and character. Correct. Yeah. What? Um, um, so if if you're talking to this uh, in this podcast and talking to to people across the area, um, talk about how parents can become engaged in helping their children, helping the school, um, and and I guess I'm not talking about cupcake night or something like that. I'm talking about how they can have a real impact on their children's education. How do, you, how do you involve parents and what do you involve them doing? One of the very first thing I would say to parents is to make sure that your number is up to date in J Campus, in the system that calls you if, you know, if the baby's making an F, in the system that calls you if your, you know, baby might be skipping or if there's something, if a parent needs to get in contact with you, make sure that phone number is correct that's on file first. You can always call the school to see how you can volunteer. Uh, you can always call the school to see what assistance is needed because the doors of the schools are back open and joining the PTA it's very, very big. Uh, we just started our PTA. We're very excited about it. Uh, we're sending home letters to invite all of our parents because we, the PTA is going to offer different activities at the school and we want those parents to come and, and be a part of that. And your children want to see you on the campus. They want to see you there. Um, any type of back to school night, I would say call your school's front office and see what type of events are going on that you can participate in for that particular month. 
and as from the district level, we want parents to come and substitute. Uh, if you have a high school <laughs> diploma, if you have a Bachelor of Arts, if you have a associate's degree, we will train you on being a great substitute. If you love children, number one, and you have patience, we will train you. But we want parents at schools, and even if you don't want to sub at a lot of schools, you just want to sub at your child's school, that's okay with mm -hmm. us. We just want to get you signed up, fingerprinted, background check, and then once you get past that green green light, we want to get you started because of some. we have some parents that say, I don't want to work full time, but I want to make sure that when a teacher's out, my child gets a quality day and the day's not wasted because the teacher's not there. So uh, we want parents uh, to go to the school, you know, and, and sign up. Just go on our uh, Talent Ed, uh, go on our uh, website and just sign up, application online and just send it back and we'll get you trained. Yes. Okay, so the steps will be go online, right. sign up, fill out the paperwork, go through the background check, get yes. the green light on all of that good stuff. And then we'll training. take it from there, yes. Okay. And we have uh, yeah. online training, a lot of it they can do online, but that's another way parents can help. I've got to say that's creative. I've, I've asked this question before about how you get parents involved. Never have I got the answer. <laughs> Come teach at the school. The I mean, that, that's really good. Yes, I okay. like that. You know, that's really getting people involved. Uh, yes. Uh, how, how can the community become engaged? So those of us who our children are out of school or it's before maybe parents before they even have their children in school, how can the community be involved and engaged? Glad you asked that. I'm so excited, Dr. Roseman. Uh, one of the things is uh, you wrote a check for brand new, new teachers that have never taught anywhere else uh, with the Alliance this year brand new teachers, we will send a check to each principal for those brand new new teachers. The district gives each new teacher, whether they've taught before, they're coming to Caddo from somewhere else, or they're just coming back, they get, a, they get $200 reimbursement on things they bought for the classroom. But in addition to that $200, this year, because of your efforts, the brand new teachers that have never stepped foot in a blank uh, Canvas classroom will have an additional $200, so a total of $400. Normally at schools, teachers have wish lists. At your child's school, uh, at Shreve Island, for example, they'll post them on the on the door outside the uh, on the wall outside the door. Say, do you have a wish list? They can volunteer to. It may be I, I need a plan or I need some paper or whatever outside the school supplies. That's one way. Parent of the community can get involved and just call a school. Say, hey, my business is near your school. What do y'all need? What do you need? Do you need volunteers to come read, or do you need volunteers to come just be uh, help, be mentors, or what do you need? Yeah. Call the principal. Call the principal. Just call, and we'll, I have an answer for you. <laughs> you <laughs> know, our, our Sunday school class actually adopts Broadmoor STEM Academy, and we have some ladies in our Sunday school class that have monthly uh, mm -hmm. luncheons and. Bible verses and everything, you know, to uh, try to improve the motivation or the morale of the, of the school. So I think even even a, a Sunday school class uh, yes. can be involved. And that Sunday school class was represented when we actually were doing interviews. We were doing a, a community intake input for the next principal for Broadmoor, and we, they mentioned they were from your your uh, your church. So even coming, helping in the cafeteria, doing uh, lunch duty, just being a positive 
role model just saying how is your day uh <laughs> you look good today just talking to a child especially with our special ed classes because sometimes we forget and when we have grandparents day there are kids that don't have a grandparent yeah. come mm -hmm. be a grandparent on that day for that child or a book fair come take a child to the book fair so call the principal in your community and say what can i do to help that's fantastic we well, learned a lot let me just ask you one last question and it's kind of a words of advice question okay. so words of advice to students and parents okay uh, as they start this new school year uh, as they go through this school year what are some words of advice you want to give them um, well, words of advice to parents would be to get involved as best you can um, just because your students go to middle school or go to high school doesn't mean they don't need you if they come home and say they don't have any homework, well, let me see what you did today. And although you might have graduated a long time ago and you may not know what that baby is saying, but it would mean the world to them for them to be able to sit down with you at home and just show, you know, show you what they did today or, you know, mama, this is what I have or what I did for homework. Uh, words of advice to our students. Um, I tell my students every morning I love each and every one of you. And I want you to be the best you that you can be. So if we were not the best us yesterday, we can be the best us today. We got another chance. That's it. <laughs> yes, yes. My words of advice would be two things. Use your student ID students to get a library card. All the places you can go through a book. That's number one. The second thing with parents, drive your car. Communicate with the school. Hold your students and hold yourself accountable and build relationships with that teacher, those teachers, and with that school because together we can really do a lot for boys and girls. Yeah, you know, I remember back in my, again, in my days in school, <laughs> uh, again, a long time ago, uh, but my mother was a nurse at the school. Yes. She was always at the school that we were at and it made a huge difference mm -hmm. uh, as it relates. So all of this resonates uh, very well with me, and, and uh, certainly this is great advice. Y'all giving thank you so my much. My mom was the teacher at my high school, so <laughs> <laughs> we were all kind of in line, right? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. It had to be. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's up. what we need to encourage: is if your parent is there on campus, then you'll you'll be on the straight and narrow. And I'm glad you mentioned that because you don't have to have a BA or a master's or doctorate to be an encourager. Uh, Ms. Roseman was a nurse at North Caddo, for example. And she would encourage students and even with adults, she would say, now keep smiling, okay, you look good today, or keep, keep your head up. And just encouraging words, just to be able to go in those schools and be able to encourage the teachers because mental health is an issue. Encourage the students, encourage the staff, and just be a positive light. Well, I think that is very much needed, and it's yes. awesome to hear about your mother. Oh. Yes. She's a great lady. Yes. Well, thank you, ladies, so much. It has been so refreshing to just kind of hear how you guys care and um, kind of nurture the whole child. I love to hear that. And I even kind of peeped how you refer to them as your babies. So that lets I us do. know that that's I a do. different level of concern that they're all your children on that yes, campus. They are. So thanks again. And we will have new episodes every Monday. And you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.